Now, KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, yes, we are, and we are live and lively here in the corner studio overlooking Soldiers Memorial and the St. Louis City Library. Hey, if you haven't seen the City Library in the past years after its incredible renovation, uh, the history, um, you know, uh, this is some serious stuff here in right in downtown St. Louis. Uh, it, it's quite an event, um, you know, and, and for some of the good old St. Louis, you know, I'm a St. Louis and born and raised here, you know, uh, you know, the new cathedral. Yeah, that's, you know, everybody goes to the old cathedral, the new cathedral. If you've done international travel and visited some of the phenomenal um, uh churches in Italy and around the world. I mean, the importance of that, the, the feel, you know, the presence, for me anyway, um, hit the St. Louis New Cathedral um, and look at the mosaics. I think you'll be surprised. I'm, I'm a St. Louis kid, traveled around the world looking at mosaics with my mouth open and my head up, only to come home and take a tour here and realize, oh my right here in my own backyard. Well, just some of the things. So that and the, uh, the, the, the library, now Soldiers Memorial will be uh, soon to be opened here, being totally renovated. Anyway, some cool things around the St. Louis Midwestern area. Eh, can you tell I love it here? Yeah, well, that's part of St. Louis, and that's who we are here in KMOX. Kevin Welch here from Helitech. Kevin, I needed somebody smart behind me. When when it's just me, I have to carry this baggage all the time and deliver the freight, man. I'm glad you're You're looking at me for that? Hell yeah. (laughs) Pardon me there. Excuse me. (laughs) But yeah. Happy to help. All right. You're going to bring home a a Cardinals win over the Cubbies today? We're going to do all we can. I probably won't have a voice tomorrow. All right. I'll lose it. All right. Anyway, it'll be fun. Go gather up the family and take them down. And yep, park. yep. We're looking forward to it. Haven't been to a game in a couple of months, so oh, yeah. And the weather's perfect. This oh. is this is when you want to be sitting in the stadium, sitting in a in a nice seat. So huh. it'll be good. All right. Good luck. Bring home a winner. Yeah. Uh, Scott Mosby here, KMOX. We're at your service. Uh, some of the things coming up in my world, or from my world anyway. If you're looking for webinars of basic things, how to learn things around St. Louis, uh, you're welcome to check out webinars. We've got a save that update coming webinar here uh, for remodeling, and it's basically how to achieve style, maximize space in a small bathroom. You know, what do you do with a small bathroom? Hey, we're St. Louis. Everybody's got a, a five by seven, five by eight small bathroom. That's a good one. So you can hit uh, callmosby.com, sign up for that. Also, there are training seminars that generally are every couple of months. It goes along with the role of, you know, CAMWEX and having the voice of remodeling and all that. So some upcoming seminars also available on Call Mosby, uh, custom bathroom, and then in October, lower levels. Uh, those will both be at the Lodge of De Pair in, uh, you know, over in De Pair there, right at Manchester and 270. So some of things coming your way. Uh, and we've got 10 phone lines open. Well, seven, because I've got some seven, three really smart listeners that are waiting that we're going to get right to. So phone lines, 436-7900-314-436-7900, toll-free 800-925-1120. I think we get right back to our phones, get a jump start, and let's talk with Deb. Deb, thank you for your patience. You're on. How can we help? Hi, Scott. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, um, ma'am. I recently had my... Uh, uh, floors refinished, mm-hmm. and sanded, and all of that good stuff, and it's they're just beautiful. And I'm mm. about to replace all the baseboards. Oh. Um, 
and we're using a higher baseboard so we don't have to repaint the whole house, uh-huh. um, which is lovely. But my um, installer recommended that we, he wanted to run a bead of adhesive on the back of the baseboards before the finishing nails complete the job. Mm-hmm. I'd never heard of such a thing. It doesn't sound like a good idea to me. What's your recommendation? Uh, what is your wall? Is that drywall, plaster, brick, or yes. what? Drywall. Drywall. Um, it, it's not a bad practice. There's, there's nothing really awry or amiss with it. Uh, I will say um, that it is a little bit unusual because those baseboards, if they're really wood, they get longer and shorter and longer and shorter with the summer humidity and the winter dry heat. So those uh-huh. joints will, you know, they will open and close and open and close um, so that at, if you glue it on, uh, sometimes it limits how much they move. And, and typically it's common to glue around the joints. So at an outside miter corner, at an inside, you know, a, a mid board miter. Um, and there's, uh, there's another method. Uh, there's a biscuit joiner where it's kind of like a tongue and groove slot cut into the end of a square cut trim. And you basically okay. put a spline in between. And that's a common use of glue because you have to glue those for those splines and that's a great way to limit movement at joints on long boards. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm not opposed to that. Um, just recognize that even gluing that, there will be some sort of movement. Unless you really kiln dry and just suck all the moisture out of those boards um, for a long time before you install well, them. the boards just came from a big, big box store, you know. So um, I'm not assuming they're the highest quality, maybe. Yeah. Uh, or that they've been dried appropriately or whatever. Um, but uh, so if, I mean, we have massive amounts of space. It's a great room and lots of wood, lots of baseboards going in. So I just had never heard of anybody adhesing yeah. the baseboard to the wall. But you're saying that is kind of common practice and it's, yeah, as long as the fasteners are used where you get into the actual studs and base plates, I mean, it, you, have, you have to nail everything into wood. And what it does is it, if you're compressing that glue, it just increases the in- adhesion there at that point. So okay, not, well, not a bad thing. All right, I'm going to ask you the question like I always ask anybody coming and working in my house. So what would you do if it was your house? Would you adhere them onto the wall or not? Um... Uh, I would probably get as long a boards as I could. I'd probably glue the outside corners and the joints. Uh, I wouldn't do too much with the field. I'd let the field of those baseboards and crowns, you know, go ahead and move. But keep in mind, um, it's more important in my mind to caulk the top gap joint on that base and the floor as well. Uh, so it, when it, it's uncommon for Mosby Building Arts to glue that, uh, but it is very common for us to caulk those joints because they're no no wall is plumb, no board is perfectly flat, and by the time a couple of summers and winters of St. Louis get to it, they, you know, there's a gap there, so. Okay, so they actually, you actually caulk the top and the bottom onto the new floor? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but well, think about the dust and the bugs. I mean, you get, bug, you know, the bugs underneath there. Sometimes we'll put a quarter round or the base down tight enough. You can't, in the, you know, or there's no point to caulking the base. But when, when you get old floors on a 70-year-old house, go up and down and up and down and up and down, you know, well, uh, you want those critters getting in there and you can't get to the bugs, you know, yeah. so, so you're creating okay. a little house for them. 
Okay. All right. Uh, thank you so much. I really appreciate the information. You're always a wealth of knowledge. Well, there there's 10 different ways to do that. So you can call 10 good craftsmen and they'll give you eight different answers. So, you know, mine's not the last and only, uh, but when you get somebody that can tell you the why, then you understand what the goal is. And that's, that's what I love on this radio show. I tell people as much the why and then somewhat, and then, because nothing ever goes the way it's supposed to. I mean, <laughs> Murphy's Law lives alive and well, or we wouldn't all know what that term meant. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thanks again for your time. All right, Deb, go get them. Bye. Bye now. All right, Kevin Wells, Scott Mosby, KMOX. We have lots of things happening in Bosco here, 50,003 watts right now. So we are reaching way down into who knows where on the KMOX signal. But we've got to crank it up for the baseball and the Cardinals today because we're going to broadcast a wind, I understand. That's the goal. Yeah, Kevin Welch, yep. it's your job, buddy. That's a lot of pressure, Scott. No, that's all right. Never mind. There are only about three and a half million of us counting on you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Cam Wick, St. Louis, God bless us all. (laughs) It's not even our fault we're here. Oh, yeah, I like it anyway. Depend on KMOX when news breaks. News on the hour, 24 hours a day, with bulletins at any time. On News Radio 1120, KMOX. Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, Kevin Wilch, Welch here of Helitech, Scott Mosby of KMOX. We are live and lively. Lots of things happening. Phone lines open for you, 314-436-7900, toll-free 800-925-1120. We have room for callers, so bring on the questions. We see. We have to see if we can run Kevin a little bit harder, send him off with, you know, a little bit out of breath, maybe a little sweaty, go down and pick up his family, go to the Cardinal game today. Uh, let's see what's cooking here and talk with Jim. Hey, Jim, Scott, and Kevin, how can we help, sir? Uh, yes, this question is for Scott. Um, I had some work done by you previously, and great work. That's why I'm calling you on this information, if you can help me with. Uh-huh. Um, my girlfriend just had a uh, kitchen uh, cabinet installed with a countertop. He's basically a carpenter, but not a plumber. He can do basic plumbing. Uh-huh. And I suggested to take the old shutoff valves before they put the new carpentry uh cabinets in but they didn't do it so but the uh i put a new faucet in the hot water works perfectly as far as water pressure goes but the uh, cold water just trickles out and they put a new uh uh shuttle valve on but it still has no water pressure what could be the problem with there oh very common when you have um really non-schooled trades and i can tell you this because i've done it a dozen times uh if, if you get too much solder in on the faucet body or on the stop for the shutoff, you can basically plug up the water flow by having too much faucet. You get the copper too hot. And typically when you get the copper at the right temperature and you have the flux and it's clean, literally you just touch that that solder onto that copper and it literally the flux will suck draw or inhale the right amount of solder and it'll just put us thin connective uh, coating on it and if you just keep putting it to the colds and just keep feeding solder and man i hope i get enough hope i get it you basically can plug it up enough or you actually didn't take the faucet apart and you cooked up the uh the valve and the rubber parts in there and you literally destroyed that stop so there are a couple different ways for something so small and easy to do there are five different ways to mess it up and one way to get it right the best way is to take off the new uh 
uh, shut off valve again and start over. Oh yeah, yeah. Once once you mess up a cup or something, um, my gosh, you're you're pretty much chasing a bad investment, and and you're better off just to start over. Uh, and and that's you know that's that's one of the things about having a multi trade team is you pull the you know you pull the stop off, you drill little holes through the back of the cabinet, slide the cabinet in, nice clean installation, no room for bugs. Then you put the escutcheon on and the new stop, and you get a really clean, pretty you know what what's called in a workmanlike fashion you know for our industry or you cut a bit hole too big because you can't take the shut off off and you got this hacked out hole in the back of the cabinet you know i mean right. the cabinets still look good but you yeah. know the homeowner's like hey you know and this is what i call the measure of care you know yeah sometimes uh, saving money doesn't pay Right, so. right. Or you get what you pay for, you know what I mean? And, and people don't know, you don't know what went wrong until you got it, you know? It, so it's easy to think, man, I paid too much, <clears throat> until you find out where well, you paid too little and what you wind up with. It's like, well, one feels good into the future and the other, you just wonder what they were thinking, you know? Well, I appreciate it, Scott. Thanks so much. Thanks, Jim. Good question. Take care. And that's, that's a good one. I mean, Kevin, I don't know how many times, you know, Helitech is like, wow, you want that much to do this work? It's like, well, I could do it for half the price and it would be half as effective. Happens you, all the time. Yeah. All the time. How much stuff do you fix of other companies as well? I mean, frankly, uh, what is the one, if you, think, if you think the price of good work is expensive, try paying for it twice? Yeah. Um, it's pretty frequent, actually. And, you've, and we really, where we really see a lot of it is in waterproofing. Oh, so, man. you know, here you go in, you put in a waterproofing system, you go with a cheap rock and pipe product or something of that nature and put your basement all back together and pretty it up, spend a bunch of money on it. And eight years later, that system's failing and you're now you're ripping everything out and starting all over again. And that's not fun. Yeah, we call that a, a 230 a warranty. Two tail lights at 30 miles an hour as the truck drives away. You're done. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> There's a lot of ways to say that. But that's a, it's a good point. And, uh, and you know, what, what do you want? And what kind of a consumer am I? Do I care whether those stops are pulled off and I get a nice clean 5-8 or 3-quarter inch hole around that half-inch copper pipe? Or is it okay to cut a 2.5-inch hole and put a 3- or 4-inch escutcheon on? I mean, who are you? I mean, it... it if there was one car, you know, why are there luxury cars? Why are there, you know, how, well, what car should I buy? Exactly. I don't know. What do you want? How much can you afford? Can you afford to offer yourself that other end or is this all, you, you know, so I mean, you know, quality is not uh, good or bad. It is all along the continuum of, you know, you know, effectiveness. And that, that's why I go to, do you want this thing to work or do you want me to look like I'm busy? Exactly. Yep. You know, anyway. So anyway, let's see what's cooking here. And so while you and I just look busy, maybe we can deliver a little effective of an answer here. Let's try Peggy. Hey, Peggy, Kevin and Scott, we're guilty as charged. How can we help? Yes, I was wanting to know. We just discovered that on our house that we just bought about a year and a half ago that there was insulation. I'm talking insulation that they use up in the attic mm-hmm. around our crawl space and foundation. And they had stuffed it in around the the air conditioning unit uh, where the uh, piping goes outside. Okay. Well, we kept smelling and having the smell and having the smell, and it was getting worse and worse. And we found chunks of stuff in our filter and our AC unit. It looked like mold. Well, we went down there to look, and it, it was definitely mold all over the insulation. 
Okay. We've removed the insulation, but we don't know where to go from there. Is it we still have mold down there, or where where is this exactly in your house? In the crawl space. Okay. Uh, on the concrete wall or concrete block wall or on the wood band joist up above, where are you seeing that? Or all on the floor joist? It was just on the insulation we saw. Okay, okay. Um, we do see some, but we do see some old leaks somewhere along the line. Yeah. The house is 70-something years old. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever see standing water down there or is the crawl space pretty dry? Well, we just put a dehumidifier in there. Um, we've It's dry now. We've never seen water really in there. But oh. that insulation was hiding it because when we took that chunk of insulation out around the, the air conditioning coil, whatever that is, yeah, and uh, that was silk and wet. Yeah, well, there are two things. One is air infiltration. So if you have air coming in there, you can actually have a deposit of air that, that looks black, and it could be dust, and then it could be into moisture, which is Kevin's uh, realm here. Mr. Uh, Welch here? Yeah, <clears throat> I'm, I'm thinking, um, for one, the dehumidifier was a good move. Um, but, yeah, you've got to stop whatever moisture you've got coming in there. You've got to end that, um, be it caulking around those pipes or, or you know, an insul- a different type of an insulation around those yeah. Those pipes, Scott, what do you think on that part of it? Well, it's, you know, I, I keep in mind the condensing foundation right. on the outside, too. So that needs to have, you know, some insulation on that. Or you have condensation and, you know, winter and all that. You know, it just gets... Peggy, do you have a vapor barrier on the on the floor? Mm-hmm. Plast- yes. My husband says yes. I don't know what that is. My husband says yes. Yeah, it can, yeah. Be, yeah, it can be something just as simple as a, as a plastic, yeah. you know, that, yeah. that sits down yeah. over the top of the dirt. Yeah. So, yeah, that's good. I think you're doing the right things. But, yeah, stopping the moisture from coming in there is a, is a must. Yeah. Now, Peggy, keep in mind, you're halfway between the old way we used to do it and the new way we do it. The old way was put a lot of vents in the crawl space, change the air and get the wind to blow through there so any moisture that builds up gets drawn out and exhausted, kind of like a vent fan sort of thing. Well, you know, sometimes it's 10 degrees below zero Fahrenheit and wind blowing through your crawl space isn't good for the pipes, the plumbing and anything else. Um, so now we're starting to insulate those perimeter walls and make a crawl space what's called semi-conditioned, which is what your basement is. So it's not really heated, it's not really cooled, but it's, you know, on a 70-degree heating and cooling day, the basement's usually 65 degrees, so it's almost conditioned, but not quite. Uh, so then you seal up the outside perimeter with a vapor retarder, you know, put as, as Kevin's saying, you know, a vapor um, barrier on the floor, keeping the moisture. But once you isolate and insulate that crawl space, you now own it. And that's where you need the, the dehumidifier. And that's where Kevin's going with that. So now you're kind of in the midst of a semi-conditioned space with a dehumidifier. And you, you need to be able to drain that dehumidifier to the outside of that crawl space to make it work. But I love, like, I'm, I'm on board with Kevin, man. Uh, crawl space dehumidifier is a nice, nice thing. Should we run it continuously? Yeah. Yeah, I would run I typically set it for about 50% if you can run it, um, and it'll go on and off. Uh, but crawl spaces seldom get under 50%, uh, and it may run. And keep in mind, this thing's going to run at night while you're asleep. Okay. Peggy, Kevin? is the... Um, is the 
are, are you positive that the mold is only on the insulation and not up in the wood wood floor joists? Yeah, good point. We were not positive. That 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 was going to be my next question. Yeah, I would I would recommend getting in touch with the mold remediation company and have them come out and test that. Yeah, and just you know check and make sure. And and if there is mold, then obviously you need to get rid of it. It's not healthy. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what I figured because we when I, it's really weird because we had found some like chunks of mold in our air. We have one of those big those expensive HEPA filters. Sure. Yeah. And it it, it was in the it was in that. Well, Peggy, let me ask you a consumer question. Regardless of what answer we give you, will you still worry about it until you get somebody to look at it? Kind of. There you go. Then, then you have to get this tested and checked. There you go. Because even if Kevin and I give you an answer and you're still losing sleep over it, did you get any value out of that, or did you just get an answer? You know, so you have to follow your heart because that's where the sleep and the comfort comes from, and you know that's where quality oh, it's is. Selling, yeah, it's selling the home too is what I'm worried about. Yeah, there. You, well, yeah. I I would, I would get a check just you know just as Kevin's saying you know there's really no downside other than a few bucks here. You know. Okay, and um, do all crawl spaces really have mold? No, no, no. See, I keep getting told that, and I didn't believe that. So. Uh, well, now uh, most crawl spaces incorrectly built over the last hundred years have mold. Very few have been properly done, but most house siding exterior walls have mold in it as well um that doesn't make it right or good so if you're going to address this address it and that's where getting the moisture tested down in the crawl space uh, drying it get that mold tested or whatever that black stuff is it could be dust could be mold but if you're asking the question it's got a you know probably some sort of mold you know you're pretty sharp you're looking at it it's got your attention (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's got because I have health issues as it is. Oh, so, man, anyway. get her checked. I mean, you can't, you know, Kevin and I can sit here and say, hey, it's not a problem, but your health range of acceptable, some, you know, is different than ours. So our answer doesn't even match. If this is bothering you and you have any kind of, uh, you know, respiratory issues, get her checked. Okay. And, yeah. and who do I call? A is it? We don't do any mold remediation. Right. So I would call. Uh, I would call Scott's place. Call Mosby, and um, and they've got a recommendation for you. Yeah. Scott, I'm sorry. Mosby Building Arts will. We won't do the work, but we've got a list. We've got a big long referral list. We're happy to give you uh, a couple of names, people we re- we recommend use, and you know. So I mean, we're we use them all the time. Why wouldn't you? Uh, will they come down to Steelville? Yeah, but will they come down to Steelville, Missouri? Um, no, but they might know somebody that would. You know, I mean. Not that I mean, you're not that far from Cuba. No. You know, I mean, they're they're people understand this all over the country. Some more than others. So uh, you know that that's the value of the referral. We refer some. No, we don't work there. But you know, let me check out. I'll I'll look at my association. See who might. Okay. Yeah. Can I have your number? Uh three one four nine zero nine eighteen hundred nine zero nine one eight zero zero. Okay, 314-909-1800. 8081800, Mosby Building Arts. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Thanks for your time, guys. All right, Peggy. Hey, and you're doing the right thing checking this out because if it, if it is mold, you got to fix it. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Take, bye now. Bye-bye.
And, you know, and that's the, the you know, w- this signal goes to Texas, New York, Arizona, who knows where it goes. So we never know what questions we're going to get. Stay tuned here. Kevin Welch, Scott Mosby, at your service on KMOX. Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, my thanks to Kevin Welch, who's going to the Cardinal game, had to duck out, get into family things. Kevin Welch of Helitech was here, uh, spent an hour and a half with us, got it going here for a good day. He's off to bring home a Cardinals-Cubs Cardinal win today. So uh, let's get, uh, let's go cards. At 1 o'clock, coming up here, I'm pretty excited about, actually, I'm really excited about this. Bob Costas will be inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame, and at 1 o'clock, we're going to have a great, interview today with Bob Costas. We're following this this show, so you're in the right place at the right time. And right after that, we roll right into the Ameren Total Access pregame show, Alex Ferrario. He's bringing it to us. And then 3 o'clock, the Cards and Cubbies here at Bush Stadium. Good stuff all day. Uh, now, one other thing. I'm aware that I can give long answers. Uh, I, you know, this is radio. I'm supposed to give short, concise, quick answers and, you know, reach a lot of people. I'm not wired that way. I would rather give you the why and the what. So I'm the guy that would rather teach you to fish than give you a fish. Because frankly, when you get into building technology, you know, the multi-headed monster of, okay, what do I do if this happens? And then what happens when I'm halfway into that and that happens? You're into permutations of how many different ways all this can get put together. You know, and that's why we at Mosby self-perform the work because... That training is a big deal, and it only sticks when it's delivered to the homeowner in value form. So it's important for me to tell you what can happen, how it works, and then you can figure out, you get halfway through it on a, on your own project, and it's like, oh, that's what he was, I can do this. So anyway, that's that's the deal. Uh, and podcasts, camox.com has podcasts. I'm aware I get pretty lengthy on some of these things. This is where you can go back and play that over and over and over anytime you want at your timing, and that's what we call at your service. Camox is with you 24-7. Uh, you can podcast, and you know this show is podcast every Every week, uh, Greg puts it up on the camwex.com website. Man, we're with you. Uh, let's see what's cooking here and talk with my friend Ruth. Hey, Ruth, uh, good afternoon. How can we help? Hello, Ruth. Did I put you to sleep? No, I'm here. All right. Well, that makes two of us. So far, we're together. Hey, what is a berm and what should it look like? A uh, berm, B-E-R-M. It's a hump on the dirt. So Mm -hmm. that's all it is. Uh, Think of digging a a hole, digging a trench. You dig the dirt out of the hole, and then you just lay it over to the side. That linear long hump of dirt next to the trench is the positive. It's a bump. Think of it as a bump, a berm. So it's dirt getting stacked up above the normal grade, and it's a hump in the soil that when water comes flowing across the soil, it hits your berm or this bump or hump, and it won't go through it. It tends to be directed and go around that berm. So B-E-R-M, we use it at Mosby in water management, where if we've got a hill sloping down the hill uh, at the house, and the house is at the bottom, kind of in a hole, um, uh, we might put a berm, which is a hump of soil, and it may be, you may not be able to see it. It just, you know, a two-inch increase in height over 10 feet 
is still a two-inch deep wall for that water, and it can roll right around that house. So we redirect water with berms all the time, as well as swales, S-W-A-I-L, which is kind of a real gradual ditch. That's another word for ditch. So a berm is nothing more than a hump or bump of soil stacked up with some purpose around, uh, for example, a raised planting bed, Ruth, where mm-hmm. the soil's piled. That's a berm, too. Yeah. Okay, then. Thank you much. I enjoy your show. Well, I'm glad to help. I mean, I hear all these words all the time, and I ask those questions, so I'm glad to pass it forward. It's my way of paying it back. So, yeah, thanks for the question. Okay, then. Bye-bye. Have a great weekend. You too, Ruth. Bye now. And that's it. We have so much lingo. Every industry has its own lingo, its own language. And if it's used to explain and clarify increasing understanding, then it's a service. If you don't go back and do the hard work of bringing your team along, whether that is instructing an employee, training a tradesman, or bringing the client, the customer along to understand as well, if you've got three different outlooks on what and why something's going to be done, you're going to have a customer service problem because you're all speaking three different languages using sometimes three different words. Berm being one of those, B-E-R-M. So uh, anyway, good question. There's never enough clarity and understanding in communication in my world. Let's see what's cooking. Let's go to, uh, how about Tom? Hey, Tom, Scott Mosby here. How can I help you? Hey, I'm hoping you can ease my mind about uh, some roofing issues okay. uh, with gutters and venting. Uh-huh. Um, I have a 1940s brick house in Afton, mm-hmm. and uh, I need new a new roof and new gutters. And the gutters are copper, yeah. and it, I, I think they're like, you know, there's the copper box. And then it's, I think it's attached to the roof. Um, how do they go about tearing off those old gutters? And will they damage the wood when they take it off of the roof line? And how do they, how do they repair that? What uh, do they look for? Well, the old copper gutters, probably the same age as the house, so 1950s, 1940s, and Afton. I, I know all about Afton. Um, now, there are two kinds of gutters that nail to the, to the wood. One is the fascia or gutter board nailed to the vertical plane of that wood. That's a conventional gutter installation. There's another way, and, you know, this is back, cop, copper gutters were custom made for your house. General, they weren't made and spit out in an extrusion and then cut and formed. So some tinner, some sheet metal guy made those gutters, and sometimes they can lap those up onto the roof sheathing up under the shingles. Is that what you're describing? Yes. Yeah, man. Well, you've got the A++ quality installation. The problem is you have to do gutters and roofing together because you can't take your gutters off without peeling up your shingles anyway. So, so that's now you're getting into the systems approach because, frankly, when you've got gutters that lap up underneath the sheathing, Oh, baby, that's a, that's a pretty quality insul- installation and a pretty knowledgeable, as we call them, tinners or sheet metal guys. Um, so uh, pull, you would wind up cutting those gutters off um, or removing your roof and then removing the gutters at the same time the gut, that the, sh- the shingles were taken off. Then the shingles can be put back on and the gutters replaced. But probably it's going to be hard to inspect your gutter boards or, you know, without damaging those uh, copper gutters. Yeah, I, I, right behind the gutters is the brick. There's like no, there's no eaves. It ah, doesn't overhang. It's just oh. roof gutter. Yeah, yeah. Are you having any water issues? Are you having any uh, discoloration, mold, mildew inside on the plaster ceilings, right where the ceiling and the wall on the outside walls? Um, it, there's some leaking uh, above the fireplace, and yeah. I think more that's the chimney. 
Yeah, yeah, that may be just condensation. We that's another seven minute answer all by itself. But okay. uh, when you've got gutters not on wood, uh, that's a little bit of an unconventional installation. Normally there would be a wood gutter board, and then the gutters would lap over that, even if that flange goes up underneath the shingles. So you're in a little bit unusual application, very right. custom. Uh, but I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if the guy that built that house was a sheet, a sheet metal tinner who owned that the first time. That's the kind of stuff those guys do on their own homes. Well, how would they replace that then when they take off the old gutters and put new ones on? You wind up with new aluminum uh, pre-finished gutters. You, you, unlikely you're going to keep those coppers. And and the problem you run into is everybody says keep those copper gutters. Well, the issue is after about 50 years, once those joints at the solder start breaking, they're really hard to patch without just gooing them up with, you know, caulk or asphalt roofs. You know, so after 50 years, Gutters generally are going to get replaced, um, and when we go back with copper gutters, we typically make new copper gutters and apply them. You know, after enough years and enough ills or problems, um, you know, or an unusual installation like this, you may be faced with replacing the gutters. Now, you can put copper back on, but they're probably going to be new ones. Yeah, and they'd be expensive. <laughs> right, and, that, and that's why the copper gutters get replaced with the aluminum prefinished all the time. It's okay. like, wow, you want three times the cost or one time the cost? So would they attach the new aluminum gutters back to, would they lap them back on the roof, or would they be attached to the, the brick? Uh, probably install, a, we at Mosby would, for architectural purposes, we would install or try to install some way to put a gutter board on there, a wood thing over the face of that brick. Uh, and then the uh, now the roof flashing between that gutter board and the roof is important to get right too because of the ice and the snow. So that would include a uh, ice and water shield and then conventional gutters uh, attached, screwed, or nailed right to that gutter board. Okay. Yeah. Um, that that, was, small... was that clear enough? To, there, there's a lot of stuff going on there. Yeah, that's helping me out. Um, now, I've had one person say I, I needed a ridge vent and another person say your house is too small for a ridge vent. Oh, I, I can understand that. Having no overhang where your gutters are, there's no intake on there. Right. Um, I do like ridge vents. I still like ridge vents. And if you're going to replace, you are the perfect candidate. Uh, and this is where the gutter board can actually be mounted with us about an inch away from the brick to where the rafters get extended by an inch. So you can manipulate or add intake air for your attic ventilation. Are you following me there? Okay. So that you you just uh, you have the gutter board come a little bit away from the wall, uh, put a screen in there, so that becomes the intake for your ridge vent. And there's also a low vent that if you don't want to go through all that, uh, you, there's an intake uh, kind of an inline vent that goes about two feet up the slope of the roof. But it looks like a bump on a flat roof, so it's a little bit odd looking. Uh, but there, now's the time to do it. If you're doing uh, roofing, ventilation, and gutters, you're paying for all of it. So now is the time to uh, put on some side, uh, sort of uh, attic ventilation. And, and yeah, I love ridge vent. I love ridge. But you have to pay both sides. You have to you know, ridge vent to get rid of the hot air, and then you have to have an intake low to bring in the cool makeup air to remove the moisture in your attic. All right. Does the average roofer know nope. to do that? Nope. Nope. <laughs> No, no. You this any is recommendations. Yeah, uh, well, this is what we do at Mosby. But you know, you're gonna you're gonna have a bunch of smart guys running around, you know, doing stuff. So you have roofing, you have gutters, and you have attic ventilation. And this is this is where you're going to. 
pay for the knowledge to get all that right because you're going to serve the combination. If you're just buying gutters, that's pretty cheap. Buy a roof, that's pretty cheap. Attic ventilation, that's pretty cheap. But if you want that stuff to work and work together, you need a conductor because having great musicians is only half the battle. Somebody's got to get them to play together. All right. You know, and that, and you'll know it. Some roofers do, so don't discount me here. I mean, but this is a... They have to be able to tell you the whole story. Not liking ridge vent just means I don't put it on and I don't want to go through the rest of it. My, my skilled guys aren't skilled in doing those things. Okay, but a good roofer will know how to do all that? Yeah, they can. There are not many of them like that. You know, like insulation contractors, guys, you know, there's guys that blow insulation and put stuff in, and there are guys that manage moisture, ventilate, and do crawl spaces, attics, and all the rest, just like that on roofers. So you've got a very short list of roofers that understand and can do this, not only walk the talk, but they have to talk the talk so that you're on board on understanding what they're doing. Follow, okay. follow me there? Yes, I do. Yep, get what you pay for. It, it, it's expensive to get it right, but it's very expensive to get it wrong. You're right. <laughs> Okay. Thank right, you very Tom. much. Good luck, my friend. Bye-bye. Bye. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. I promise I'm here at your service. Bob Costas, 1 o'clock, KMOX. Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, Scott Mosby here, Home Improvement, running out of time. We've got Bob Costas in the wings, itching to get that interview in here on KMOX. So I've got two questions. One is stump removal. I'm, I'm John, I'm just not going to come to you on the air. I, I'm going to go ahead and answer this. If you're removing the stump, you have that stump ground out, you still have a whole lot of um, um, roots and base in there. You cannot p- plant a tree or that the tree in that same hole it, it's just not going to work um believe me mike miller would uh not he would agree and, and urge you to move it a little bit so exactly where you're going to put it if you're removing a tree a plant whatever it is if you have that much old growth in roots you can't or you shouldn't put it in i mean just digging the hole would be a mess you'd find out more roots now anyway don't do it uh, also then jim on gutter guards what are the best gutter guards there are a hundred different kinds of gutter guards um there are the leaf guard gutter guards that are all one piece in a gutter uh, i like those they uh, don't void any warranties on the gutters there are a few things they are prone to icicles because that water comes down on that hood um, um you know the Leaf guard is the same way, um, it, it, or the leaf shedding gutter cover. Any hooded system is prone to icicles, so it's an important thing to get right. Uh, then you've got the multiple screens, uh, screens and fine things. When you've got screens and gutter covers, there's some foam inserts that go inside those gutters that kind of hold the stuff and the debris up and let the other stuff in. The issue is uh, anytime you put a screen on with small apps. App- apertures or orifice, small little holes in it, they will plug up with gunk. Um, you know, like the screen guards, uh, the whirly bird squirts of uh, maple trees, that type of thing. So uh, the hooded systems are the least maintenance. They tend to be the most expensive and the most effective. Uh, on a very steep roof, they tend to be a problem because if you have a really steep roof, that water comes down and skips off that uh, hooded system, uh, just like a rock skipping off of a pond. Uh, so there are some uh, installation uh, constraints of that, and this is where understanding it all and, and talking about it really matters. Uh, stay tuned. Bob Costas next.
next right here on Camo X. Cards coming up here with the Cubs at three. Many things happening. This, this uh, Bob Costas, Hall of Fame, Camo X, right here in St. Louis.